the mouse three weeks in a row. You know, I was thinking about this. It's been very good for me because I am not at back to work yet, but it's a good like first step. Mm. It's not actually work, but it makes me think about work-related things. That's cool. And also it makes me do something and take out time and time manage. And it's going to be my whole life now. It's just managing my time. That's Lauren Sherman. I'm Dan Fromer. Here, here with a, another exciting episode of the Needle in the Mouse. Absolutely. Is this work to you? Uh, half and half. I mean, okay. we are very lucky. We have jobs that are enjoyable. Yeah. There is a part of my work that that requires a lot of confrontation, mm. which I am not looking forward to. Like, I just think about all the times I'm going to have to confront people about stuff Yeah, forever. But also just I haven't had to do that for six months, and that's been nice to not have to do that. I'm not looking forward to, like, the confrontation part of my job coming back. Should we practice? <laughs> I mean, I have no problem confronting you. True, but, it's true. You know, that's a huge part of my job. Yeah, it is. Less so of mine. Currently, yeah, there were previous been parts of my life where that was a big part of my job, it, and there were parts of my life where I was young enough that I enjoyed that, or and or kind of had a hot head about some of it. But and some people it doesn't bother like it. at all; they can just deal with it. The my issue is some people when, like it. Yeah, my issue is when I have sought out jobs that don't require that. Mm. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, the only jobs I like require a shit ton of confrontation. Yeah, and not anything big, but it's just it is it is a lot of work, mm-hmm. mental work. Anyway, I was thinking the other day, like, would I be would I be really happy with a really boring, easy job somewhere that no one cared about? And the answer was quickly no, no, because <laughs> not what, at all. Because like our whole adult lives, so much of our identities are related to our jobs and and that mm. cannot be for better or worse for better or worse but like i can't come up with a bunch of hobby i have i don't know what a hobby is i remember did you did i have a therapist or a doctor who was like oh i had a doctor who was like you need to get some hobbies i think the same doctor told me that too was it was it um the kook yeah uh-huh yeah. And I was, I was like, like, well, I cook. Does exercise count? And he was like, no. Yeah. I was like, does looking... I, I is think, Twitter a hobby? I think he said looking at art count. I actually do have a good amount of hobbies. I mm. do needlepoint. You have been doing needlepoint, yeah. Um, we stopped doing puzzles. That's not... That wasn't really a hobby as I much really as it was a lifeline. I don't really know what a hobby is. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, the point being... Well, hobbies like, are like woodworking or... I mean, that's kind of an old-timey hobby, although if, it's... The thing is, if this became... If if our full-time job was doing this, yeah. it would get stressful because mm. we'd have to be really good at it. Well, just now in the shower, I was thinking, oh, what if we had a sponsor? Oh, then we'd have to... Um, if you're a potential sponsor, don't listen to this part. Then we'd have to like send them spe- special versions of audio files with the sponsor read back to them. And like, that's oh, just, really, yeah, that's so annoying. Air checks. Yeah, it, it would be fine, but it's just more. I'm really lucky that I have a job. Do. I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. All I do is make stories. Mm-hmm. The only annoying part is having to like write stuff that makes people mad, but it's yeah. the only part that I have to do it. Mm hmm. I don't have a choice in life. Like, this is my lot in life is that 
Some people are going to get mad about yeah. stuff, yeah. And that I ask, and I can't deal with not asking the annoying question. Like no, I can't, to. I have to do it or I'll, yeah. I beat myself up. That's even Well, worse. you just wouldn't be doing your job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Well. I don't consider this work. It's please fun. Please sponsor us if you want to. I don't consider it work. It's fun, but I do, it's getting me thinking again. Yeah. Whereas like, <laughs> for a few months I was just like, I don't care about anything in the whole world. Totally. Yeah. It's getting me thinking a lot too. Hopefully that Great. hopefully that comes through in the uh, in the show. Yeah, and not just we don't just sound like two idiots. Um, it's fine too. That would be okay. There are plenty of very successful shows where it's just two idiots. A hundred percent. Yeah. Subtweet. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. We love everyone. Just kidding. Love you guys. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so what uh, what's on your mind? You you declared a topic yeah. early in the week. I do think we've probably talked about this before. That's like okay. Ten years ago, but I don't even care. We didn't talk about this element. Everything's of it. new. This is a new yeah. normal. Okay. So I guess we, I should start. This is hopefully not. I'm going to try to be concise. It's really hard for me. But okay. So we have an issue in our life. We have had this issue probably. We've been together for what fifteen years now. You and me. It'll be, yeah. yeah. We've been, and we've been living together for almost, we moved in together in 2008 or 2009. 2008. Yeah. Eight. So we've been 13 years living together. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly 13 years because we moved in together in September, right? I think so. Yeah. So we have a blanket issue. Oh. On our bed. Okay. We have always had this issue. We've never had the right blanket. This is not the topic I was expecting. Well, it gets into the topic. It gets that, better. Okay. So we've never had the right blanket. You True. are constantly, first of all, neither of us like a top sheet. So that's completely we, out. The fitted Did we sheet, ever have a top sheet? I've never had one so, and I don't and ever want one. And I have, often I will take it off the bed at like a hotel. For years, I just like hated all bed linens. I finally, for years, like before I tried everything, I in college I had like the jersey gray sheets. I I hate making the bed. That I hate when the limp, lit, the fitted sheet pulls up and you can see mm, a little bit, yeah. or it comes. It used to come off constantly. Like, it, and this is pre you. I just always. I've never for many years. I could not fine i didn't like the way cotton felt then at some point so when we started dating it it just was and at at that point in our lives like we were really young when we moved in together i think we were 26 or 27 so we didn't have nice stuff the bed i don't remember whose bed we kept do we keep we kept my bed probably when we moved in together, but I like no. Had, we um we kept I, mine. Uh, we kept. Did we my, have a bed on the floor? In we kept maybe we kept your mattress and my bed frame. Yeah, because I didn't have a bed frame until right. we moved in. But together. I had an IKEA Malm bed frame. Yeah. So and I had been using what I or when I first moved to New York, I called the mattress company, probably Sealy's or something. Yeah. I said, "Send me your second cheapest full size mattress." It was probably fine. It was fine. But so it, it, it but it was always an issue. Like well, then we then we had sheets, but then they would get all 
screwy. And then the top sheet, was, the bedspread was always an issue. Mm. Like I always wanted to get a duvet or whatever, a duvet cover for the um, for the blanket. But it would we would get like too hot, and you are constantly hot. saying that I'm stealing the sheet cover. Oh yeah, even well, though the... it's a hundred percent not true. Right. But you're constantly like, you're taking the sheet and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I won't have any. So it's been this, at one point, Chris Benz actually recommended mm. linen sheets mm-hmm. from Restoration Hardware. Oh, wow. And he was like, just get lit. And that changed my life because, A, we started buying, for some reason, the sheets started fitting. I don't know why. <laughs> and also, linen sheets are just so nice. Like yeah. they wear out, and you do have to you do have to change them a lot, or they'll wear wear through. But they just like are really nice. They don't have a weird look. They don't get lint on them. Like Fritz has some really cute sheets, but they're brushed cotton, and they get lint on them really easily. And they're um, more forgiving about lint because they're it's not like a crisp one solid yeah. color like they're just so and they're comfortable i just really like yeah. them thank you to chris benz for recommending this it was a very grown-up move but we never figured out the like duvet right we would buy them and they'd be too hot then we so we well, so i uh, i grew up with a very european style what weirdly not the well i grew up sleeping on um futons on the floor with obviously a fitted sheet and then a down blanket with a duvet cover and never any fitted, she- uh, never ever, any flat sheets. So yeah. it was like a very European slash Japanese way of. Yeah. But and... at certain points, especially that first place we had, where the radiator was directly in back of the bed and the made made the room very uh, like ninety gross. degrees, yeah. it was just too hot. Yeah. Like we needed a, a summer weight blanket year round there. Yeah, and. I feel like over the years we've tried different things, but we always return to this like cheapo Ikea blanket. Yeah, the second cheapest Ikea down blanket or down alternative blanket, which is light enough to wear essentially year-round if you have your air conditioning set to the right setting. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, it's, I don't know. It just even, you wa- we wa- if we washed it every three days, it would still get grody. Yeah. Like, it just gets it's not, grody. It's, it's a surface fabric that's not supposed to be the surface fabric. And the other thing about our bedroom is I like a really empty bedroom. Like, we have one picture up. We don't have any other pictures up. I don't like chaos at all in the bedroom. I want it to be extremely... We have pictures up in every other room. I'm looking. You have not put any Working pictures on, on your side of Working the office. But I like a lot of stuff. In our house, but in the bedroom, I want it to be really plain. So, but at some point, I just started to get sick of seeing this white IKEA thing. We're like trying to make everything look nice, and it's just like dingy white thing that we end up buying new ones to replace. It just feels wasteful and whatever. So I decided that it was essentially a disposable blanket. Yeah, which is not a. a this is not a, a way to live in the Everlane era. Yeah, and this is not we are not political people. I think that doesn't po- make any policy sense. Sorry. In the, is in the, the era of of global yeah. friendliness. I think policy is more important than individual action, but regardless it's gross. So, we started to look and there was something at parachute like a linen quilted blanket 
That was fine looking. It was nice. Yeah, a sham or something. Is that what? Yeah, it was like a quilted linen blanket. It looked like it would be light enough. It was basically the same weight, maybe a little heavier because of the linen, but the same thickness as the IKEA thing. Probably the same insulation value. And yeah, and some nice colors, and we were gonna maybe get it. But and I like parachute. We buy their sheets. It's really nice. I would say aesthetically, it's a little more. It's not really our aesthetic, like. Pretty much nowhere that does linen sheets is our aesthetic. It's a little too, like, muted and dusty. Except for this company that I want to say is Swedish, but it might be Danish. Call, can you look it up? do some real-time research. It's called Tekla, T-E-K-L-A. Um, it's this newer company. It's very... It feels... No, no, no. Nope, this is not it. Tekla... You have to look up Tekla. Construction... Software. You have to do textiles or something, yeah. It's so nice. Country code plus four five. Do you know what that is? No, I really think it's Swedish though. Denmark. Denmark, Danish. So it's very good. I love it. It's like very our aesthetic. It doesn't feel it feels like very of the moment, but it doesn't feel too trendy. Um, they get the color choice is great. They do cotton, they do linen, they do shirting. I bought, um, we're such dorks, but I bought the, they did a, a pajamas collaboration with the gentlewoman and I bought them. Of course they did. By the they way, were it's so funny cute. that um, maybe I don't want to jump the gun on what you're going to say. So I'll let you keep talking. So I really like them and they do a linen blanket mm-hmm. in really beautiful colors that felt heavy and felt like something that would be look nice on our on our bed, but it would be like manageable for us. And it was big, and and we would have our own sheet. Like feel like we had enough sheet. Be, I wouldn't enough space, yeah. Because you're constantly saying that me and the dog are taking up your sheets and all this. This, stuff. this is all complicated by the fact that there's often a dog sandwich between us who is just not an efficiency helper with with uh, blanket distribution. Yeah. So I. I really, and it was a little more expensive than the parachute one, but I was like, please, can we get it? I think it's worth it. And we got it. We got it in like a really dark forest green. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's been really great. We still, we're actually still using the Ikea thing. And sometimes I just don't use the Ikea thing and just give it to you and just use that. And I felt like much, I haven't felt, like I'm pulling a blanket away from you all night. Mm-hmm. In, and so I'm happy with it. The issue I have with it, and this is the topic of today, is that the logo, the Tekla logo tag, is on this beautiful minimalist green sheet. It's, it's a beautiful logo. It's white, black, black letters, white background, but it's a square sewn on to the front of the sheet what? it's on a corner but it's on the front of the sheet and i'm like i don't want a fucking tecla logo tag on my sheet that's ridiculous it's so weird like why would they why would you want that it makes absolutely no sense put it on the inside go ahead and i was like maybe i'm wrong maybe this is put the it on inside the bag but and it, don't put it on the sheet. And they it comes with a beautiful linen bag that you can keep or whatever. I don't think we did. But it it's a big white chunky tag. And I thought, oh, maybe it's that's the inside. No. 
the the instruction use or whatever is on the outside. Apparently, it's is that the towels or is that a robe? Uh, towels. Yeah, it's on the towels too. So, on it, to be honest, it doesn't bother me as much on the towels because it's like sort of a throwback to the Ralph Lauren towels with the polo embroidered or whatever. No, my parents had YSL towels with the logo exactly. embroidered. Yeah. But the thing is, like, it, say we bought these towels, and I thought about, I think I bought some for Emmy when they moved to their new house. And I'm now I'm like, Jesus, it had, I bought her these beautiful cream towels, and Emmy, our, our friend Emmy, is like the most minimalist person in the world. They had a kid, and you could like not tell in their house that there was a child. You can go look for yourself if you don't believe me. Well, what's interesting is... Oh, I they're s- tucking it in? Well, I see it. Hold on. Let's see if I can find this picture. I see it, but it's like... Kind of... See on this photo, like if we zoom in way too far... Yeah, there it is. They're like hiding it by f- putting it on the fold that like hangs over the bed. But it's, you can still see it. If you walked into that room, you would see it. Totally, yeah. Especially and, on a darker... And I'm like, I, I kind of think we're going to have to cut it off. Because why... Should we just you, cut the whole well, corner you can off? Add, the thing is, it was sewn on, so it would be really easy to cut it off. We can get it out. Oh, well, maybe that's see. their thing, but... Maybe they want you to pull it off. Yeah, like use a stitch cutter or something. What maybe they do called? want you to put it... I don't but think so, though, because they, they're it showing it on there. Although on the green one, it seems not to be visible. So maybe they're hiding it. Either way, that's obnoxious. It's very weird. And I really like this brand. It, they've done, it's just beautifully done. I love everything they do. I love yeah. the pajamas. I love the, I want to buy linens from them. I was thinking, oh, do we need some more towels? I'm going to get them from there. Because there really isn't, like we buy, we buy random, we buy like Japanese towels. We have some parachute linens. We have some restoration hardware linens. But we don't like have a brand of linens we really like. And it's like, oh, this can be our brand. I really like that color. Is that the same sheet that we got? No, this is bedding. This is seems to be duvet cover, pillow well, sheet. That, this is called conifer green. They sent a press release out about launching that color. Isn't huh. that amazing? They That's have awesome. like a fancy, a very cool fashion publicist is doing their PR. Um, anyway. Well, get rid of that fucking logo. Anyway. Well, so can I just tell you what I was thinking yeah. before before any of this? Their logo type looks actually a lot like IKEA's. Yeah, it really does. That's funny. Like if you zoom in and imagine this is an eye, it's very similar. It's like this chunky sans serif, yeah. very extra bold font. Yeah, I really like it. It looks good. I like the IKEA logo. Yeah. But so... That brings me to our topic, because last week we also randomly started watching this show called Schmigadoon, which I I would say, well, we will not finish. No, I was totally us... trolling you, and you just let it stay. Well, I was just curious. Yeah, I'm curious, too, because, um, you know, a uh, hero of the show, Bob Lefsetz, really enjoyed it. So Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I think he did. Maybe I made that he, I mean, he, he writes so many blogs, to, as of, he calls them, what would... How would you keep up? Um, but on that show, I don't even want to go into the premise of it. It's a musical. It, I, it's, There's songs who cares, who involved. Cares. But the Apple the TV two, Plus. The two leads of the show are wearing like outdoor gear. Oh yeah. And they showed the logos of their. The, she's wearing an Arcteryx 
vest. And I was like, did Arcteryx pay for this placement? And, but then he's wearing some weird brand. What was the other brand? I don't remember. I'll have to look. It was another, like, it, it might have been Columbia. It wasn't Columbia and it wasn't Patagonia, but it was something. It wasn't Patagonia. It was, was something it, like not a. It wasn't A-list outdoor it, gear. No, it was like. Well, this is interesting because here's like the still shot. Did they erase and them? There's no logos on their backpacks. But this is not. This is like a reverse view. I forget which one, but I was like, why would they not just? Oh, they're wearing like, and I guess the colors are. I'm sure the costume designer. The colors are like orange and purple, and was trying to be colorful. Oh, sorry about the uh, trailer. Whoa, so it looks like the logos are not present in the trailer. That's so weird. Is that possible? Weird. He's wearing an Apple Watch, of course. Um, I forget which brand it was he was wearing. Was it like, what's that one like? Cotopaxi or whatever? Cotopaxi? Cotopaxi. I don't know. That's, that's cooler than that stuff, though. Like, they're wearing like very crunchy, like. Crunchy colors, but sleek, what sleek rich New Yorkers would wear, but in really crunchy colors, like orange and maroon and purple. But it wasn't like a cool brand. It wasn't a cool brand. And it wasn't even like a a wink, wink, I know, outdoor, gorpy, like I read uh, Blackbird spy plane brand or anything like that. And it, it just, I was like, what motivated them to A, have the logos in there and B... Just just wear something non-logoed. Yeah. I don't know. It just was very weird to me. Anyway, the point being, all of that is to say, what's your relationship with logos? Do you ever wear them? Do you like wearing them? I'm not talking about merch. I'm talking about logos. Because logos have had a very big s- surge in popularity in the last few years in fashion like Logo bags and things like that are really popular. Um, and you, we went to the Gap the other day just to look around at, at the Grove, and you were admiring the Gap logo t- t-shirt or sweatshirt. It was like a Gap logo from the 70s, like the Fall into the Gap Gap logo. It was like the very round Gap logo. Why am I being shown an ad here? Okay, let's see. We're getting... We've now reopened the episode here. What are they wearing? You know what? It doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to try two more still shots here. Oh, oh. Arc, there's Arcteryx, and he's got a... Looks like he's got an Osprey backpack Osprey, on. Osprey, yeah. Which is, a, you know, a good brand. These are, by the way, They're these not, are good brands, but these are not like... Okay, he's wearing an Osprey bag, and she has a Gregory bag on, which I love Gregory bags. These... the. Here's the thing. These don't seem like brands that would pay for product placement in no. an Apple TV Plus musical. And they, I mean, they are supposed to be playing two doctors, right? So yeah. they would have the money for this stuff. They would have the money and they would have the lack of like fashion necessary it, to declare themselves um, like North Face purple label wearers yeah, or something like well, that. Well, even like Pat, it just seems like it seems like it, would, it took a lot of work to come up with these brands specifically, like where did the person shop? It, 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 this is getting well, too. They went granular. to Uncle Dan's. 
But where did the person shop to find all this stuff? Well, and why is the like, logo missing from the still shots and the trailer? Although I didn't really, really analyze the trailer. But anyway, why is it present in some places and absent in others? And it's and really present this, because a lot of close-ups on their faces. Especially this era where pretty much every logo you see in a TV production, especially the quote-unquote prestige TV or streaming crap, uh, is paid for. Like, that's not just some organic editorial decision for the most part. Here it might be, and we're not going to actually go through the trouble of asking um, I don't, the showrunners. I, I don't think it was paid for. A lot of yeah. fashion stuff is not paid for. But Logos, though? No. Like, a lot of logos are... Well, I think you have to get permission, right? I don't know. If you, this is your job and you know more about this, like especially Nike, if you work at I think Nike, Make It Do uh, Incorporated. If you want to wear Nike stuff, you have to have a conversation with Nike about it. I think, well, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I know that Apple has a program where basically like they provide either free or discounted products to, to use in a film or something like that. Yeah. But then I think you have to like have sign off on how they're used and all that sort of stuff and don't cover up the logo. Because then you see a lot of of other films where the Apple logo is very conspicuously covered up by like a sticker or like a, you know, a gray box or something like that. I don't think that Sex and the City needs to get permission from Gucci to use a Gucci bag, but they probably are just working with Gucci on it. And Gucci is not paying Sex and the City to be in it. Right. At least I don't think so. If if they are, then that's a story that I should do. Right. But if there's like a a beverage being consumed or a beer being ordered or a liquor being ordered during a show, it's pretty much these days paid for. Yeah. And you can tell the way that they like hold a little too long on it. Anyway. Like if you're watching Top Chef and Tom Colicchio is driving a a BMW in a circle... For 20 minutes, for no reason other than that BMW needs ad impressions, that's paid for. Yeah. So the point being, because then we went to the Gap, and you, yeah. you're like, should I get yeah, this sweatshirt? And, and so the Gap logo shirts are a very specific thing for me, because I grew up, before, before I worked at the Gap, I worked at the Gap senior year of high school from October through January. There was like this weird thing where they were like, can you stay after the holidays? And I was like, yeah, I can stay after the holidays. And then after holidays, they're like, cool, you're done. (laughs) I worked at the Gap. Your last day is January 5th. I worked at the Gap in London in 2003 for the autumn. Mm. And I I lied and said I could stay through Christmas, but obviously was leaving after my semester abroad. It's like, sorry, I had to go back early. Bye. But I had to do it because I spent all the money I'd saved for like traveling and stuff on clothes the minute I got to London. So I had to work. But it was really fun, actually. I really enjoyed it. It was a great job. And I definitely spent most of the money I earned in the store at the store. But at least I had 50% off six items a month or whatever it was. I was thinking when we were in the Gap the other day. Do you remember working at stores? I think Gap was the only clothing store I ever worked at. But I remember working there and like when new stuff would come in, I was so excited and wanted everything. But then you get sick of it. Mm. I think even sick just... Sick of new stuff or sick of sick the of stuff, the that stuff came that's in. in there. I see. Because you have to look at it so much. And I think... I, did I work at any other clothing stores? I don't think so. But I worked in malls. Yeah. And you'd go through... And I remember, like, I worked at Hallmark in high school. I'd go to the mall, different stores, and be like, oh, my God, I'm going to get that at my pay. But by the time it was payday, I was, like, sick of looking at the stuff. And it's just... 
you never have that problem anymore because there's so much stuff to look at. There's unlimited stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we also don't work in retail stores anymore. Totally. Um, so anyway, so worked at The Gap, which was interesting because I, my mom and dad would buy me a lot of clothes from The Gap, I guess, because there was one near our house that was, I don't want to say a Gap outlet, but I think they had like a good sale rack like there were gaps with great sale racks and there were gaps with shit sale racks the gap i worked at had a pretty good sale rack but this gap near our house i think had a sale section all the time yeah gap of course has been torched by this notion of everything eventually being discounted so much that why would you pay full price that's a different show that we've probably done three times and we'll do four more times someday in the future for today though I never wanted to be associated with The Gap, even when I worked there, because to me it was, like, very uncool. I I loved it in that era. Maybe it was from The Gap Girls SNL skit. I just thought The Gap was deeply uncool. But I thought that their product quality was actually very good. Yeah, so, it was amazing. Like and I, it was, like, not trendy, although there were some trends that... Well, Old Navy actually led more trends, I would say, than The Gap in terms of, like being in your late teens and early 20s and not having much money, like performance fleece and yeah, yeah. painter's pants and all that kind of stuff. When I was working at The Gap, it was the winter of the crazy striped sweater, um, which I re- – this was – I was uh, like 40 pounds heavier than I am now or something, so I could not fit into any of the women's <laughs> sizes. But I was like, man, if there a triple XL that I could that I could buy and wear this very oh brightly God. striped sweater, unfortunately was not able to. Um, I, I was obsessed with it. I loved it. I remember being really young because I've always had this like two different sides of me. I loved Contempo casuals, but I also loved the gap and like mm. being intimidated going into the gap and like wanting to try on jeans because everyone who worked there seemed very cool. Um, but I always liked it like reality bites when she works at the gap and that was like the gap girls era. Yeah. When Janine Garofalo works there, I thought she looked really cool and like wanted all of her clothes. Once, of course, I was working there, I found the good stuff there. Like I found the sweaters that I would buy and wear. I was very into um, V-neck sweaters at this point over a collared shirt, and I was I had this nice fleece. I had a bright actually I might still have this in Chicago a double XL bright 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 yellow down vest that I would wear over like four other things well do you remember how good their commercials were back then and they did those like everybody in khakis and that was a huge thing with the um hmm. what the, what's that guy's name Brian Setzer Orchestra or something. oh yeah something like that I want to say Brian Stelter Orchestra no that's a but different it, thing. that like was everybody in khakis and everyone was wearing like gray t-shirts and khakis and then they did everybody in vests and they mm. had and I got I remember for 11th grade I got this like what color blue was it like slate blue vest and a cream turtleneck rib turtleneck and corduroy flares in like I actually just – oh, I should see if those fit me now. I just bought a pair of corduroy flares on Poshmark from The Gap from that era. Yeah. Um, and everybody was like, oh, my God, your outfit's so good. I'm going to vote for you for best dress this year. Excellent. And then, but then I got more into J. Crew. And was yeah. also in, and this was like the era of wearing cargo pants. For me, pants, it was structure, but cargo pants with New Balance 
yeah. they used to wear a lot with like quarter um tweed cargo pants with new balance but i loved the gap in there that you worked there anyway yeah anyway uh the one thing that i absolutely detested however was the logo shirt i had absolutely zero interest in ever anyone seeing that any of my clothes were from the gap and i certainly was not going to be caught dead wearing a logo shirt it to me was just like this even though again i respected the product quality i thought a lot of the clothes looked nice especially because they were you know, like a pre-APC, like very basic. Well, it low... wasn't pre-APC. APC was founded in 1988, but it's fine. Well, before I had ever heard of APC yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, because you, uh, yes, I I know what you mean. You graduated to APC at some point. But yeah. Did they exist in Chicago in 1988? No. So, I no. <laughs> I wonder no. when their first U.S. store opened. Was it I, before or after 2000? It was definitely before. Oh. They're very like... Sophia Coppola, 1990s. All right, cool. Well, not in Chicago. Um, we can look it up. I'll why don't you up. do that? I, anyway, so would not be caught dead in a Gap logo piece of any sort. Um, just because it was not a logo that I wanted to associate myself with. However, we walked into the store on Saturday, Sunday. Um, I don't remember which day it was. doesn't matter. And they had the old, old logo on a sweatshirt. From the 70s, like yeah. from Fall Into the Gap. That yeah. round, lower case GAP. And I was, and like the, I think the letters were filled in in a way that it looked more like a geometric shape than a word, and certainly more than a logo. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I might actually wear that, even though I'm an old guy now, and the Gap has just. You know, if, if I thought the gap was uncool in 1999, the gap is very uncool right now. Like there are, I, I struggle to think of things that are less cool than the gap. Uh, that's probably not even true. But, um, but back in 1999, like, well, what's funny now is that, okay, so you asked me about logos. So, however, I was a person who defined myself by logos in other ways. And in fact, my one of my oldest friends from a very young age kept saying, Fromer, you're a brand whore. You're a brand whore. And I was like 13 going, what's a brand whore? You would say that Matt Ladd? No, no. No, not Matt Ladd. My friend Amy. Amy yeah. and Katie, I think, would tell me I'm a brand whore. Um, I don't remember which one said it. Maybe both, maybe neither. Maybe it was someone else. But my memory is that one of them would tell me I'm a brand whore. And... It's kind of true. Like I was definitely not a, um, I wasn't wearing a lot of logos, but I did really associate myself with a few companies. And in fact, on the bottom of my, do you know how, um, I think I, I think this was a, a, a parody of, um, you know, like in a fashion magazine in an ad or like in a editorial where it's like Jacques wears. You know, whatever these four brands. Yeah. Jacques wears Louis Vuitton and blah, blah, blah. So at the bottom of my website, fromedome.com, I put from wears. And then I had the logos of the CTA, which is the Chicago Transit Authority, uh, Eddie Bauer, which then I thought was a very cool brand, which I realize now. Actually, I don't know if it was ever. It was definitely it was, probably cool in the set in the eighties. I have no idea if it was ever cool, but in 
in the 90s in like teen life, it yeah. was not a bad brand. No, my friend Matt and I used to pour over the Eddie Bauer catalog and go in the store every Friday and like ogle the $600 uh, outdoor jacket sets. And anyway, so Eddie Bauer, uh, probably the Apple logo because I was an Apple nerd starting in, in middle school. And then <laughs> Kiko Man Soy Sauce was the other logo that I had at the bottom of my homepage. I should look. I probably have this graphic somewhere. I should see what other yeah. logos were on there. So I was definitely like um, proud of my brand whore status. And, um, and you know, went out of my way to not only say like I'm a brand whore of cool brands. I was never a brand whore, by the way, of like. Air Jordans or anything that cool people would have. I was very into my own nerdy brands. Um, Sony was another one where like I definitely went out of my way to have the newest Sony headphones, you know, earbuds when no one else had earbuds. We went to Hong Kong when I was in high school. I bought a Discman that you couldn't even get in the U.S. And then the year after that, I graduated to a mini disc player. And I was very, I was the guy on the sub on the L in Chicago with my like Sony mini disc player and my Nokia phone. And I was like doing all this crap. Yeah. Um, and then the other, only other logo that I really wore like proudly was my mom bought this iMac in 2000, in the winter of 2000. Apple used to have this store where you could just buy logo stuff. And in fact, we have that dog bowl yeah. with the Apple logo and like Claris, the dog cow on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when Steve Jobs came back, at some point they shut down this store. They're like, well, we don't want a bunch of people wearing yeah. Apple merch. And in fact, you could really only get Apple merch for a long time at their developers conference. I'm sure if you're an employee, you have access to Apple merch. Yeah. Um, now you can go to the Apple store in their headquarters and buy Apple merch. But for some reason, they sent my mom a black fleece jacket with an Apple logo on the back of it. And to me, that was just the coolest thing ever. So I wore that. Freshman year of college, I wore that essentially every day over a t-shirt. I'm sure it smelled great. Um, And that was pretty much the end of my logo wearing until... Because then I I went into a very like unlogoed period of my life where I was... I was more into brands and into, especially clothing-wise, like you know, finding somewhat obscure brands. You've skewered me before for my love of the Coolman t-shirt or Coolman dress shirt company, which has long gone out of business. Yeah, I I remedied that very quickly after we started dating. And then got into like Uniqlo, which beyond their, like I actually wish Uniqlo had more logo stuff because I actually think Uniqlo is cool and and yeah, has a best. nice logo, but they don't have any logo stuff. They're not good at marketing, so they wouldn't know how to do a logo T-shirt properly. It would be hideous. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I, in my opinion, old Gap logo shirts. I thought they were just deeply uncool. Although now they probably would be cool, I like especially them. if they were like old ones. I didn't want um, one back then, but I always thought they were cool. So then I was in a very, very unlogoed phase of my life. Um, and like as an Apple, as writing about Apple, I can't, I could never wear an Apple fleece. I think I have it somewhere just because it's think like you a, do. It, a rare yeah. product. And it actually is a very nice, like just black fleece jacket. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't really be the kind of person who would wear an Apple logo. And But then that, that was also the era of like 
uh, elevated basics like American Apparel didn't have logos on most of their stuff. They ha- they had logo products, but I didn't really ever have any of those. No, um, other than the the cotton tote bag or whatever, which I never had. Yeah, and that was like iconic, tr- like secondary product. Like that yeah. wasn't a main product. And I actually I think that's cool. Like I think that like um, Outdoor Voices had that tote bag for a long time, and the other brands who have like. Uh, well, the New York, obviously the New Yorker tote bag and stuff like that, where it's like a, a secondary product with the logo on it. I think that is cool. Um, yeah, but would you ever carry a New Yorker tote bag? Never. Me, me neither. Never. But um, I did carry for I do I do carry a, a Palais du Tokyo uh, yeah. tote bag, and I have carried in the past. Um, monocle tote tote bag. I never carry the monocle. Tote yeah, bag. it feels okay, weird. So, carrying more recently though for a brand. so then there was the period that's not logos right then there was the period where when we started doing the show like in 2012 13 where um and oh and the other thing is when i worked at this outdoor store i bought i i was i really did not like the north face logo and i didn't really like their brand image but i got a really good deal on a very, very nice North Face outdoor coat system. Mm-hmm. So I would wear that, but I would kind of hide the logo. And in fact, I had a North Face backpack too, and I just colored the logo in with a black marker so you couldn't see it. Well, first I made a joke. So it said, no face. Get it? Yeah, it was very funny. Very funny. Yeah. And then I colored over that too. Actually, I think I gave it away. But So I was not really into logo stuff. Um, and then I started wearing like Patagonia puffer coats the the down jacket and in fact i think there's probably a podcast episode of the show called down down sweater season um which has like the perfectly small but noticeable logo patch and that to me was like just the right amount of logo yeah, and it showed a people status symbol around that time as well yeah and it sho- i think it showed people that like you're somewhat organic and um and outdoorsy but also not wearing like an uncool cheap brand, but also not wearing like a $4,000 designer brand version of this jacket. And I love the Patagonia logo generally. It's just a very cute logo. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, and I, and, but then it was like, Oh, should I get a Patagonia baseball cap? And I go, well, I can't wear the cap and the shirt and the jacket at the same time. You run into this problem sometimes. Nowadays, I still am really disinterested in wearing most logos. Yeah. Um, there, I have per, like I have not bought products from even Norse Projects, which we talked about last week. Is like my brand these days. Like I don't want to wear their logo anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's a it's a fine looking logo. I just don't want to be making a statement like this is a logo. Um, the only stuff that I have is like I have these caps with like the Battenware logo on them that is that very lo- minimalist and yeah. no one knows what it is. So yeah, it's, that not, logo it's barely is so a logo. Subtle. It's just like a drawing basically. And then the other logo there now I'm like into showing a logo that is a logo that it's like, wow, where do you get that? Like porter bags or something like that, where it's like, yeah. wow, this guy went way out of his way to get this bag. That to me and it's still in the corner and it's minimalist, like that I'm cool with. Never obviously got into the Supreme thing where basically the logo is kind of the joke. And maybe to a lot of people, it's not a joke. Um, To me, it seems like it's somewhat humorous that the logo is just like the thing. Other than that, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really. 
do yeah. any logo. I'm not a I'm not a public brand whore in the way that I was when I was 12, I guess. I think we're both obsessed with like I I grew up my family was obsessed. Both of my parents loved designer labels. Mm. Like they were I remember being really really little and them getting Calvin Klein sheets at like Marshalls or whatever. But being obsessed with that, my mom loved Halston. Like she had the Halston perfume, I want to say, or she wanted it. And she always, like they were obsessed with designer brands. But I, from very, very young, like my dad loves polo. Remember we took him to the polo store, which I don't even think exists anymore in New York. And he was like, oh my God. It's just because I don't think he'd ever been in a, a standalone polo store, mm, a yeah. standalone Ralph Lauren store because he lives in Ohio. They don't really have standalone stores there, but, um, brands were always really important, but I never liked stuff with like a lot of logo. I always liked stuff that you couldn't really tell what it was unless mm. you knew. And like my, like coach to me growing up, I've been thinking about the brand coach, like, they have logo bags and they're wildly popular. But the thing I was always interested in were these like sturdy, horsey, classic crossbody bags that they would have that people would get for graduation or whatever. I never liked stuff that said the thing on it. Yeah. Um, the only time that I kind of got into it was Celine when Phoebe Philo was the designer. Hmm. Her, the one cashmere sweater, like the crew neck cashmere sweater she did for years and years and years has two, has a C embroidered. It's like a mirrored C embroidered in the same color as the sweater. Some of them you could, there were, there was like more novelty, but on it. And I didn't mind that. I have two of those sweaters, um, that I got like on sale or whatever. And, but and also on her bags, she kind of created this trend of, it's not embossing, it's just stamped on, like in gold, the word Celine on, on the bags. And I only got, the only bag I have from that, from her time there is the Celine Trio. I also have like a little clutch that I used for an evening bag a lot. Um, That's like basically a Are wallet. Are those logoed? They, like very minimalist. Right? Yeah, but it's like very faintly stamped on. And that I really liked that when it first started. Now every single brand copied her, hmm. and now I hate that. Yeah. And like I, the other bag, nice. Real, I have, I have two really. The the Celine Trio I have is nice, but it was like six hundred bucks. It wasn't like a big. It, it was an investment, but it wasn't like forty thousand yeah, dollar or yeah. even two thousand. But I have two really nice bags. One is my Chanel bag, which I, I bought when I got my first like job that I was really excited about and that has like the C's and the quilting and you can tell it's a Chanel bag. And I still, I wore it last weekend actually to the Grove. Cool. Um, which was really nice, but that's not, so that has, but it's not like C's all over it or whatever. And, and then my other really nice bag is from the row and it has no branding. And sometimes the row does do that like stamp and it says the row mm -hmm. on their bags, but not on the bag that I got. Yeah. And I just hate that so much. Like I don't want, and it annoys me because there's some 
cool younger brands that have made like interesting looking bags. And I've been looking for a small bag that I can wear easily with the baby. That's not like I had bought myself this little cute little bag on sale from La Mer last summer. And I love it, but it's like, it has a tiny strap, so I can't really wear it on my shoulder. I can, but it, uh, uh-huh. It doesn't actually close either. It's very impractical to carry with a child. Yeah. The point being, like, it's very hard for me to find a bag that doesn't have the name of it. it, or even a small one. I just yeah. don't want. I don't want to see any it. logo. Okay. I don't want to see it, and yeah. I and I think and for me with clothes and stuff, or with I never liked. I like I I've had a lot of fun with merch and stuff, but I never have liked stuff that says the name of the thing on the front of it. I want the design to be the kind of signature. Yeah. And but Patagonia, I have there was about the time I did a bunch of stories on this. I want to say like for the the off duty section of the Wall Street Journal, maybe two different stories. But the down sweaters, the fleece, all that. I had a down sweater. The, aka jacket um i that i loved wearing that with like my designer clothes mm-hmm. i just i think the patagonia logo is really great and you know when i'm working out like i'm wearing a nike logo I t-shirt point right that now out. we'll talk about that in a second. um but i've been there we were watching the show hacks last night and did you notice she was wearing like a vintage nike t-shirt the whole time oh. and i really want like a cool vintage nike t-shirt to work out in hmm. um and Nike, I really like, but yeah, generally I'm not working out is a little different and Nike in particular other. Why is that? Because Nike. So I was going to point Nike, out while we've been talking, I just noticed Lauren's wearing a Nike logo shirt. Because it's, it's uh, iconic. Like it's, it feels, it feels different than wearing like if if it, Does it I would feel not different wear than a, wearing a New Balance logo or well, New Voices Balance should not or... wear do does not do good clothes. No. Like I don't mind wearing New Balance sneakers and people knowing that I'm wearing ends. Right. But Outdoor Voices, yeah, I would not wear an Outdoor Voices T-shirt. It would feel weird because it's mm-hmm. not like they haven't earned it. Interesting. Like Nike is is the ultimate brand. Yeah. Like they they have done everything right to to be. Um, you know they mm-hmm. are the the best brand or a, yeah. an apple a nike apple hermes but i would not wear but one thing i did buy this is basically this the all this podcast is basically like, listen to all the money that i spend that i don't have on yeah. shit i did buy hermes clogs uh-huh. <laughs> la, last year for my I gift remember. to myself yeah for for being did pregnant. they have a logo on them well, they have a the strap is like shaped like an H. Oh, cool! Which I don't. To be honest, I don't love that. I loved. I just love the clogs generally, and I love yeah. the design. Do I feel a little gross that they have an H on them? Yes, right. But not enough to not get them. Like they are the coolest pair of shoes I've ever owned. But. So I maybe mentioned this last week, but the minute I saw the new Apple Watch Nike bands this year, which have a Nike word mark, logo mark, strapped on the strap. I immediately ordered last year's 
strap that doesn't have any logos on yeah. it. So I have one. One's this one. Yeah, I wouldn't want a logo on my, on my Apple Watch strap. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, a Nike, but a Nike T-shirt, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't mind like a swoosh on the yeah. on the boob area when I'm running, but I don't want a logo. Um, yeah. However, I'm thinking like, okay, what are the logo products that I've purchased in the last couple of years or that I would like to purchase? And I would say it's more now like obscure brands or logo merch that or not, like logo shirts that you can't really buy. For example, like I was wearing that Holiday Boy Low sweatshirt and even that um, what was that other sweatshirt you got me? Uh, the French brand with the Kitsune. Uh, yeah, Kitsune. Oh yeah, that was a really yeah. cute sweatshirt. And those are those are things where the logo is more artistic than just the name of the brand yeah kitsune i i did i dabbled in that also but for me like the dream logo shirt that does not exist but i would like like to exist would purchase would wear and have thought many times about producing even even like unofficially is from the japanese department store ships and our you know friend of the show david marks has amatora the book about japanese style and somewhere in there is a picture of someone wearing a navy what appears to be a navy blue sweatshirt with the ship's mm-hmm. logo word on it and to me that's just like the dream shirt if if that existed every once in a while i look on like mercari the japanese ebay for it have never found one yeah um but i would definitely pay like too much money for a, a ship's logo t-shirt which maybe they'll they'll never make i don't know yeah it's just interesting to me to see like you'll see this trend go in and out of just random brands will start having their logo on the outside of a product instead of the inside. I mean, we'll never forget the the summer of Levi's t-shirts too. Oh yeah. Europe. Oh my God. <laughs> Did we Whoa. talk about that? <laughs> no, I think so. I didn't write that story. Someone at BOF wrote it was, story. It was ridiculous. I think uh, that was the year we were in it was Europe. out of control. Every five seconds, there's someone in a Levi's yeah. t-shirt. But, but sometimes like someone, they'll just like, they're, Basically, their label tag will suddenly be on the outside. Yeah, I I I get that that be, that's a trend, and it becomes a thing. It's just I hate it. Yeah, I will always hate it. But it's interesting to be so obsessed with brands and so obsessed with labels, but not want it you to be able to see any of it is a very. But to me, that's part of the discretion. Like if you're in the business of making very high quality products with no, with like solo color, like no design to them, no artwork on them, no patterns, like don't make your logo a very visible part of the finished product. Yeah. And I think like make it either very easily removable or just like on the inside of the bag. Yeah. Well, I think that. It's also just about like, do you have that design acumen or the practicality to understand when it's appropriate and when it's not? Like the thing about those Hermes clogs is Hermes is a very playful brand. So like Hmm. it doesn't feel. Gauche? No, I mean, they are, they're a a little gauche, but like in a fun way. And the same thing with the way that the Celine bags originally were like, no one was really doing it like that. And so it looked new and interesting and Patagonia, like 
they should have, they do put their logo on shit because that's how outdoor brands do. Like if I were Arcteryx, I would probably try something where I don't put my logo on everything because yeah. it's such a fancy brand. I think that's their valence line that's like four times more money. Okay. But, um, but like, that's a different stuff. Ugh, I don't want a Montclair one. Right. You know? I would accept like a very tiny Arcteryx logo, but it is conspicuously large and it's not, it does, it is a symbol of, of wealth in a, in a sort of way, but oh, not, yeah. not class. It's not a symbol of taste. Right. Yes. That's a better way. And I don't, yeah. Like, yes. If you see someone with Arcteryx shirt or jacket on or whatever, you know that they have some money. Yeah. But like, I don't care about that. I want the thing that it's not, it's not the kind of money that I want for now. Word. Anyway, this has been a really enlightening conversation. Should we talk really quickly yeah. about the other um, what thing we're you drinking? To talk about? Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I wrote about this on the New Consumer, and by the way, this show, like all of our recent shows, are brought to you are, are brought to you in part by the generous members of the New Consumer. And if you're into anything we just talked about, you should definitely check it out and please subscribe at newconsumer.com. Um, your membership gives us the some of the flexibility to do this show, even though they're not officially. Uh, maybe yet attached to each other um, and maybe ne- may never be. Anyway, um, I wrote once that the most exciting 20, f- I'm making this number up right now, but like the most exciting 24 feet in American retail is the beverage cooler at Erwan. And we are truly living in an era of um, just as this explosion of, of beverage innovation. Uh, a lot of it is crap. A lot of it is a scam. A lot of it is frankly disgusting. But some of it's really great, and some of it is um, just like this quote-unquote trend of functional beverages, which I find mostly distasteful. But some of it is just the fact that people are somewhat willing to spend 3 to $5 for a can of essentially water with some syrup in it um, in a way that I think they never were before. Some of it is the ability of these brands to build their, their communities direct-to-consumer and, and sell stuff through the mail – uh, there's a lot of things going on, but basically, we are now the people who every time we go to Erwan spend like forty bucks on twenty different beverages and try them all. Most of which we never will purchase for a second time. But there are some things that over the last year we've gotten really into. Uh, especially, you know, living in lockdown, we've been uh, purchasing as if we were a small restaurant, ordering way too many different flavors of seltzer water and Lacroix and every sparkling thing that under the sun yeah i'm not um, as a, into the kombucha stuff as you are because yeah. i don't want to drink stuff with sugar because it's just like drinking pop but but yeah. i'm not okay. as into that stuff like all the sip of yours well the sparkling tea that we both agree on is minnow yes but which that's is like an unsweetened it's so not a good. probiotic kombucha like although i've gotten quite into kombucha recently um but not in a way that like i have a favorite but we really both like the Minna iced tea. I which love Minna. Which... Sugar-free, um, comes in, I think, four or five different flavors. And that's like a friend of a friend. Is it? I don't, yeah. I don't think someone, so. Yeah. Someone I, mean, I... I know knows the people. Okay. Well, they're New but, York people. But... Yeah. And it was East Coast. We started drinking that when we were still in New York. Yeah. And I think it launched right at the beginning of the pandemic, maybe, or right before? Uh, it launched before that because I wrote about it in, I think, 2019. Oh, okay. But... Um, yeah, that's really good. Um, we've gotten really into some flavors of ugly sparkling water, which started in the UK. And um, d- 
does they do a really interesting thing. Ugly, uh, you can find it now at a lot of CVS stores, and including our favorite flavor, which is the cherry cola. Which yeah, if you close so your good. eyes and realize you're not drinking any sugar, it's essentially like what the essence of a cherry coke would taste like. Yeah, it's have, really nice with a pizza. Yeah, they have yeah. Doctor Ugly too, which is like their Doctor Pepper approach. Yeah, they do these interesting monthly or every other month um, seasonal pop up flavors. Uh, including like pumpkin spice and candy cane and cherry cola actually started as one of those. Candy um, cane was a little weird. A lot of them are hit or miss. Like this this month is ginger ale, which I was very, very excited about because I love ginger ale. I love the Trader Joe's ginger lemon soda yeah, that's water. that's amazing. This was extremely disappointing, um, especially because in my last Japan trip, there was a ginger ale sparkling water from, I want to say, Suntory or someone. There was a collaboration with Snow Peak, and it was so good. I would buy it on site. Like if I was in a convenience store, you know, when I'm walking around Tokyo, I go in a convenience store at least once an hour to like restock on beverages and whatever else. Whatever else. Um, and I would just, if they had it, boom, I just buy it. Um, yeah. It was so good. It was very peppery. And this one has like, if you get your nose too close to it, you'll get that ginger kick up your nose. But unfortunately, the flavor is nowhere it's near really the, the strength and kind of robustness, robustitude uh, that I want it to be. But yeah. whatever. We've it's also, still not bad. It's, yeah. it's not bad. It's really mild, though. We've been into the Gia Spritz uh, oh, yeah. cans, which are really good non-alcoholic, like aperitivo style. Huge fan of Gia. Yeah. Which I feel like neither of us would typically like that kind of thing. Like I don't, pretty much none of the other non-alcoholic stuff that we've gotten, it's all fine. But A lot of it is actually not fine and pretty foul. And also I just, again, like if I am going to have sugar, I want it to be like, from a glass of wine or from a piece of chocolate. I do not want my sugar in like a drink, a random drink. But the Gia, it's really low sugar and very bitter. It's super yummy. I mean, it would be delicious mixed with some vodka, but. Yeah, this is their yeah. new version, which is essentially a canned spritzer. I love it. Um, I much it's per- done really well for them. They've sold, I think, over 100,000 of them by now. Wow. Yeah. yeah just launching I, it this year. I, I like their concentrated. You can also buy Gia in like a concentrate, and you just put a little in to make well, your own designed, spritz. It's, it's designed to be a non-alcoholic spirit, as if it, yeah. you were buying Campari or something like yeah. that. I it, that's good too. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing, but I just think it's already mixed up for you. I like the it's I in the little somewhat cans, different formula, and, and they'll be doing more, um, which is kind of cool, like different flavors. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah, um, and I would say the last thing that's super new for us is I did a story about this uh, coffee startup based in Massachusetts yeah. called Cometeer, and there are, there have been a lot of new ways to get. It to be easier to make coffee at home. There's Nespresso. There's Keurig machines, which I learned during the research. Something like one third of American households have a Keurig machine, or maybe it's a quarter, but it's like an obscene amount. Um, there's instant coffee that like used to just be laughably bad Nescafe type stuff, and now there's some better ones. But Cometeer is really interesting. They they source very, 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 very high quality beans um, from from roasters like George Howell in massachusetts and equator in california and um who else like uh 
what was the other one we were doing? This? Oh, uh, counterculture, like just really good beans. And they had this, this, uh, it was actually annoying cause they wouldn't actually get into the detail I wanted about how they do this, but essentially there's a brewing process or an extraction process where they freeze the beans and like use water and pressure, very high pressure. And the, the coffee never touches oxygen. And then it's frozen into these little pucks, which what you get is it basically a cardboard box sent to you with dry ice and in it are six little or however many it is eight six i don't know um little aluminum canisters with this frozen coffee puck in it and and you're supposed to reconstitute it with if you like dark if you like black coffee you just pour hot water onto it we do mostly iced coffee so we we um defrost it and then uh i've been we've been doing this very obnoxious second coffee where I do a cometeer puck with tangerine LaCroix and then a, a topper of a, a splash of three trees, pistachio it's milk. So good. It's so good. Sugar free. Before I was just doing it with, with tangerine LaCroix and it tastes like what I would say, like the Italian Riviera. The, let's interject just to say, if you want a milk alternative, and you don't want something that's sugary and you want something that actually tastes good, but you really like milk alternatives, that's me. I'm not anti-dairy. I love whole milk. It's very yummy. But I really like almond milk, but I only like basically homemade almond milk. Three Trees is awesome. Yeah. It's sugar-free. It's fl- it's just so rich and creamy. I use like a quarter cup of it with my coffee in the morning, and it's so delicious. And we bought the pistachio flavor, and it's really yummy again no sugar yeah so but it's like really flavorful and they Super they taste good. like when you go to a, a fancy coffee shop and they've made their own nut milk they taste like that it's yep. the only one that i'll drink now we buy like sugar-free almond milk from whole foods for like smoothies and stuff like that but the it, like the big carton but three yeah. trees is a smaller uh can't uh bottle it's, also i think now nationwide at whole foods so but it's very good um, anyway, it's super interesting. It's, it's not cheap. It's like two to $3 a puck. Um, and we bought like the fancy pucks that were five bucks each from oh my God. the equator. So like, it's basically uh, like going natural out for our second coffee. Yeah. But it's super convenient. And the gist of my story was like, wow, this is really cool. This is actually a good product. And not just me saying this, like George Howell, who is the guy who, whose employee, I guess, invented the Frappuccino and then he sold his company to Starbucks and Starbucks took over the Frappuccino from them. Um, he is, I mean, he's an investor, so he's talking his book a little bit, but he's like put his name on this. And he's and it's interesting because... And his is, was, I'd say, the, the best. His was really awesome. It is a very also very interesting study in co-branding because it's not like Cometeer has decided that it's going to be the f- purveyor of the finest coffee on the planet. It's essentially per, like setting itself up as a platform for these roasters who also have reputations and brand followings and retail stores and distribution networks and all this stuff to have their name on it too. And, it, and it's done very tastefully and, and like very nice graphic design and, and product production. I am, I am just like, I sound so ridiculous, but I'm blown away by how good it is. Yeah. I think we have a nice little espresso maker. I don't know what brand it is. Rancilio. Rancilio. It's cute and nice. It does the job. And in the morning, I usually make, I make hot espresso in the morning with a little bit of milk and 
I'm happy with that. I think that, and we were talking about this with some friends the other day, I think that like AeroPress makes the best at-home cup of coffee. Like if you go to a fancy coffee shop and they make you an espresso, it's going to taste really good. So good, yeah. That's what, to me, an AeroPress gets closest to. Our mm. our espresso machine doesn't get as close, but yeah. it's fine. It's, it's good. It's, but it, I tend like to, a whole process I to, tend to use it because AeroPress is actually more work. You make a lot more air presses. But what I will say is the commentary, I was like, this is going to be gross. It is as good as the AeroPress. Like I had it this morning. I didn't put any ice in my coffee, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with like heating up the, the little ice because we're out of coffee beans. So we had to use the commentary this morning and I didn't, I didn't, put ice in my coffee but i didn't feel like trying to like i was like should i microwave the little cube coffee cube should i make hot coffee and put that in and then re and melt it all down and Mm. then reheat i was like this is too complicated i'm just gonna have a cold coffee yeah and the coffee just and i had one of the um equator ones and it was so good it was better than we went when we went to equator in (laughs) In Mill Valley. Don't say like, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it no, was... It's, I mean, that's the it, whole point of this. It's, it's like, basically like freezing it at its peak, right? That's what they say. Yeah. It, and sealing it in was like the really fats good. and all that sort and the flavor. It To me, it's like, it still doesn't taste like coffee that's freshly made. Um, not to say it's bad. Like, it doesn't have a staleness to it at all. But I just, when I make coffee from scratch, it does taste to me just different and... and brighter and more coffee like um especially espresso which just has different i think it gets pretty close it's very good for like instant coffee and we've like we will be purchasing more of it yeah i want to get stuff like they have half calf and they also have decaf should we get it for new york maybe we'll we'll talk about that offline we're we'll we'll do a new york special maybe next week but or the week after once we're there uh and we need to talk about what we're gonna do next week because We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, I, these are all unpaid. Don't consider them endorsements, but this is stuff we've been really into. And um, again, just surprised by the the quality of it. Yeah, and, and, and really but enjoy it, it. I, I'd say overall, I am just shocked at how much sugar and like how much of this stuff is just pop, basically. Yeah, which is it's just crazy to me. But I, but I also admire like that olipop someone told us that they just got bought or something or raised some money money. that stuff is a little weird and it's like has some sugar has some fake sugar if you really want a root beer or something i think it's good like but most of these things it's like 30 grams of sugar i don't know it's just crazy to me that they're selling this stuff being like it's healthy it it has 30, 30 grams of sugar. But there's a we, lot of cool stuff happening with not sh- with no sugar and no like weird yeah. weird um fake sugars or whatever. Totally. Um okay. This That's was about super it. fun. I can't think of anything else that like we've been really hooked on lately. Beverage no. wise. So that, I think I'm we'll glad you brought up Gia because I think Gia is surprisingly good. Like if you who cares about not we are both drinkers, but it like because I don't really want to open a bottle of wine on a Wednesday night when we're going to each have a three three quarters of a glass. It gives you that same like, ooh, I'm right. opening a bottle of wine feeling. 
It's super yummy, really bitter, not not too sweet. Sometimes we split a can of it. Yeah. And the three trees, I'd say, if you need milk alternative for whatever reason, but you think most of them taste like crap because they do, this is, it's really good. And every time, it, every time it's, yeah, every time it's out at a grocery store, I'm, I get worried that they're discontinuing it or like <laughs> discontinuing the um, vanilla almond. I get really upset because it's, it's so good and it yeah, makes it good. so much easier to have coffee at home. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Um, we'll keep doing this. Thanks for all the fun notes that you've sent in. And um, if you have any topic requests or um, suggestions or whatever, uh, someone recommended that we do show notes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have time to do them today because we have to set that up. But I'll, I will start doing some show notes so people can see all the topics that we've gone through. I guess and- I could do them right now. Since I, I since mean, I am not I'm not today. Oh, yeah. I have way too much stuff. Booked, okay, well, but we'll figure it out. Once like before I start going back to work, I could be responsible for them. I Great. guess. Well, they'll be show notes by Lauren. Yeah. Um, you can find us on the internet at theneedleandthemouse.com. Uh, you can find us each on Twitter or collectively at Needle and Mouse. And once again, check out the new consumer, newconsumer.com. Should we pay? An, should we pay an intern to do our show notes? No. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye.